Welcome to the Homeschool Specialist Podcast. After homeschooling her nine children for more than 32 years, Pat Weslowski is now the Homeschool Specialist at Bryan College. She offers tips, ideas, and information that will not only enable you to homeschool successfully, but encourage you along the way. Hi, thanks for joining our podcast today. We're going to be talking about choosing courses for a successful high school experience. Having a student in our high school can be intimidating. You're afraid of messing up. You want to make sure your child is prepared for life after high school. You're open to suggestions and eager to find a perfect and hopefully affordable product. What you really want is someone to tell you exactly what to do so you won't mess it up. Am I right? I hear you. I have some bad news and some good news to share. The bad news is that there is no one-size-fits-all plan for each and every high school student. The good news is that you have so many wonderful opportunities from which to choose that when you do get everything organized, you can enjoy the high school years. What should you do first? Make a list of what is important for the student to accomplish in high school. List the subjects you want to include. If you're homeschooling under an umbrella school and they have requirements, list those requirements. Few states, if any, have laws regarding what a student must take to graduate high school. They have suggested guidelines. For those states that have hard and fast requirements, include those subjects. Generally speaking, you have a lot of freedom to prepare a fun-filled, productive, amazing high school experience. You probably have included the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic, or in the case of high school, science, history, English, math, and electives, right? And while those are somewhat necessary, more about that later, the school system omits a few disciplines that are vital to preparing a child for life after high school. Are you curious? The disciplines our family included during the high school years are as follows. Current events, logic, speech and debate, apologetics, entrepreneurship, Bible, character, and personal finances. Being able to shop frugally, balance accounts, and take care of personal finances is, in my opinion, much more important and useful than possibly learning algebra too. However, there are at least two reasons we must include higher math during high school. Reason number one, your child may pursue a degree that requires higher math, and they best be well-trained. This would apply to degrees such as accounting, engineering, architecture, etc. Reason number two. Most colleges award the highest academic scholarship according to scores earned from the college entrance exams, the SAT, ACT, and now the CLT. And unfortunately, almost one-third of the scores comes from the math scores. Therefore, keep math on your list. If your child doesn't love math, and he wants to get it over with before college, have him dual enroll in math classes in high school. Not only will the credits be earned early, but taking the college level math class will more than likely improve the math score on the college exam, which in turn will raise scholarship amounts. Before you complete the list, talk to your high school students about what their interests are and list everything they say. Seriously, everything. Video games, put it on the list. Sports, put it on the list. Cooking, it goes on the list. Fashion and design, yes, that goes on the list too. 
One of the primary objectives of parenting is to help your children discover their gifts and talents now so they will not waste years later switching majors, careers, etc. Although this may happen regardless of how well you plan and they prepare. Now that you have a list, divide the subjects over the next four years and figure out which program to use or how to accomplish each goal. You may be overwhelmed by such a task, but trust me, it can be fun to figure this out. And once you've done it the first time, it'll get easier next year or with the next student. They can dual enroll and earn high school and college credit at the same time. By the time our fifth child was in high school, we have nine children, we decided our high school students would no longer be allowed to hold steady jobs. They could work, but they couldn't hold a steady job. I wrote an article about that in the Old Schoolhouse magazine. Our primary reason for this was due to the fact that so many opportunities were limited by students holding steady jobs. We were fine with our children working and earning money as long as it was not a steady job that tied them down. When we made that decision, it changed the lives of our next five high school students. They went to, or participated in, seminars, conferences, training camps, mission trips, campaigns, and more. They volunteered to help in many different ways. They had opportunities that few of their friends could take advantage of because their friends were tied to steady jobs. I'll get back to the curriculum in a minute, but listen to what our fifth child took part in while still in high school because we made this change. He attended Teen Pack. He campaigned in three states, spent six weeks in Papua New Guinea, was a counselor in October and in the summer with Worldview Academy, became a lifeguard, directed activities at a summer camp, attended summit leadership camp, protested when Florida demanded the removal of water and food from Terry Schiavo, campaigned at the Capitol for Terry Schiavo's life, attended women's pregnancy center banquets, began training to become a male counselor at a pregnancy center, joined a peer life team, put on performances at schools, taught postmodernism to the staff at the pregnancy center, traveled and taught worldview seminars to elementary students, went to Mississippi to clean up after Hurricane Katrina, went to an out-of-state eight-day speech and debate training camp, joined the speech and debate team, attended numerous worldview seminars and conferences, and took dual enrollment classes. I'm sure there's more activities I could add. He was in high school many years ago, but these are the events that I remember. Our family homeschooled co-op style using unit studies. By the time my youngest were teens, the co-ops were organized for teens only. Up until that time, we included children of all ages because I enjoyed being with all of my children together at co-op. We did break into groups, age-related, for certain activities, but for the most part, the children learned together. This provides much better socialization than putting 30 children of the same age in one room with one adult for all day. At co-op, subjects such as English, history, science, and geography were automatically integrated into the unit we were studying. We purposely added logic, current events, debate, and more, depending on the study. We insisted from the beginning that our children had to give public presentations at co-op so they grew up being comfortable speaking in public. We speak every day of our lives, so why not begin honing that skill at a young age? Because they had to give presentations, they had to prepare the presentations. <clears throat> These weekly assignments during co-op taught our children how to research and how to write well. They also learned how to use PowerPoint and how to make videos for their presentations. By the time they became teens, we provided additional opportunities to polish their public speaking skills. 
If you like the idea of having a unit study style co-op, but you have no clue where to start, I recorded some podcasts that might be helpful. You can find them at the Ultimate Radio Show Podcast, homeschooling co-op style. You can accomplish most of the mentioned goals, whether you start or join a co-op, with the exception of speech and debate. To accomplish that, you will need a co-op or a club. There are several national homeschool Christian debate leagues, STOA USA, NCFCA, and ICCI. If you prefer a secular club, then check out Toastmasters or ask around to see what else is available in your area. I have a podcast solely on the speech and debate clubs and my regret with not participating in them sooner. By now, you should have an idea of what to include in the first year of high school, and you can begin looking for programs or products that will help your students learn whatever it is you have on your list. You could even develop a unit study centered around the student's primary area of interest. For instance, say your child is interested in video games. Have the student research the history of video games chronologically. That study alone would include history, English, and geography. Have them record the locations of where events have taken place. Find books to read on the lives of those in the gaming industry and require the student to write book reports. I'm sure there are more than one or two ways to include science in the study, so be creative. Keep up with what's going on today in the gaming world. That would be current events. Find out what it costs to develop and market a game, finances and accounting. Study the character of those who have succeeded and failed in this industry. What can be learned from their experiences? Perhaps you can contact some bigwigs in the industry and interview them. During the interview, have your student ask about internship and apprenticeship opportunities. Have your student open a bank account and teach him how to handle his finances. In addition to classes, have your students take part in community service, join clubs, and attend conferences and seminars. There are so many extracurricular activities available, you should be able to find more than a few affordable options in your area. If your child excels in sports, music, theater, dance, or anything like that, then they should have time to continue playing and training throughout high school. If there are courses your student wants to pursue and you don't feel qualified to teach those subjects, there's often local classes or online classes available to join. We are blessed to have so many options. High school need not be intimidating or stressful. As you plan, purchase, and begin using materials, keep an open mind as to whether a certain program is worth keeping and finishing or if it should be exchanged for something that better suits your student. What sounds good in an advertisement might end up being very disappointing. Why make anyone suffer through finishing something when there are always better options? On the other hand, there is something to say about finishing a program, regardless of its value, in order to teach persistence, or if you know your student simply being lazy. Have a talk with your soon-to-be high school student and explain the importance of planning well and working hard during the high school years. Discuss dual enrollment opportunities. Dual enrollment is a wonderful option, but it does have its dangers. There's a podcast about that as well. Make a list of interests your child has along with talents you've observed. Make a plan, but hold the plan loosely in case it just does not work out well and changes need to be made. Attend seminars for parents, ask for advice, read books and blogs, and listen to podcasts in order to discover opportunities and to learn from those who've blazed the trail before you. Start looking at colleges and attend college fairs when possible. Begin looking at the college entrance exams. Now there are three, ACT, SAT, and CLT. Take practice exams in the 9th and 10th grade and sign up for the actual exams during the 11th and 12th grade. 
The PSAT can be taken earlier than the 11th grade, but it's the score earned during the 11th grade year that determines whether your student has earned a National Merit Scholarship. The CLT has a 10, CLT 10, that offers scholarship potential that 9th and 10th graders can take. Research shows the more practice a student has with these tests, the better they do. Fill out the FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A, in October of the senior year. I have a blog about tests and the FAFSA as well. In the past, we found a few resources that worked well for our family. I'll share those. One is a DVD video series by Answers in Genesis called Demolishing Strongholds. It's a video series that teaches about worldviews, and teenagers love it. For American literature, Apologia has published a resource written by a homeschool dad, Dr. Whit Jones, who teaches at Bryant College and who is a classical conversation tutor. Using this book entitles a student to both an English and a writing credit. The worldview of each author studied is mentioned, helping the student to have a deeper understanding of the author's intention. For science, we use Bozeman Science. It's secular, but they're videos, they're free, and they're done by Paul Anderson. He's made numerous videos teaching both biology and chemistry, labs included. Because it's a secular science series, you may want to be prepared to have some conversations about his take on evolution. Discussions on evolution are encouraged, regardless of which program you use. There's also a math video program free called Yay Math, Y-A-Y Math. They're online videos. Robert Adhut can be quite silly, wearing costumes as he teaches, but his explanations make difficult math concepts understandable. We used it as a supplement to our math program. Teaching textbooks. Although I've not used these because they weren't available when I was homeschooling, my daughters really like them. Having CDs that are self-grading makes mama happy. For foreign language, we use Visual Latin. Several of our children took Latin during high school, and these videos, along with the worksheets, are well done and fairly affordable. As your students preparing for the college exams, you may want to look into 36 University. It is an affordable online ACT prep site. Right now, it's only $15 a month. But if you register and use the code word BRIAN, B-R-Y-A-N, you save $3, and there is no monthly commitment. Because it is an ACT prep, you may think it won't help with the SAT or the CLT, but it will. These exams cross over. We use the books Princeton Review publishes called Cracking the ACT and Cracking the SAT. We use these books during the 10th grade to learn how to take college entrance exams. Oftentimes, it's more about knowing the tricks of the test than the material covered, at least with the ACT and the SAT. You may have listened to this hoping to have a huge list of specific curriculum recommended, but because there's so many choices available, including online classes and more, I don't include an exhaustive list of recommendations. However, one of the best resources for recommendations regarding curriculum is to join a Facebook group called It's Not That Hard to Homeschool High School. Once you join it, you can search for past discussions or start a new thread in order to find out almost anything you want to about homeschooling high school. If you would like a free e-resource that includes a suggested timeline for high school, then go to www.brian.edu forward slash ebook, no hyphen, just ebook. Scroll down the page, put in your email address, and you can download the journey a free e-resource. It also includes a template for a diploma and transcript templates. Planning for the high school years and choosing curriculum does not have to be daunting. Embrace the challenge 
and have fun preparing for the high school years. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Specialist Podcast. Tune in for more episodes. If you have any particular subjects you would like the Homeschool Specialist to cover in future episodes, send an email to pat.weselowski at brian.edu. Thank you.